third and eight from the 19. Higgins has time. Now he steps up into the pocket, still looking. The pass is complete over the middle to Wilson. Five. He's fighting towards the goal line, and he is in. Greg Wilson takes it into the end zone. Another great play by Ryan Higgins to step up in the pocket. And Wilson finds his way into the end zone. The Rams now are on top as they take the lead. It's now 9-7 to seven with the extra point upcoming. 3.26 to play in the first. Third down and six from the Georgetown 26-yard line. Georgetown with a 24-23 lead, 1.35 to play in the third quarter. Higgins, he's looking left. The pass is complete to Blake Wayne at the 20. He's got space, 15, 10, 5, diving for the pylon. Does he get in? Yes, he does. Blake Wayne is into the end zone just like that. Fourth and inches. It is a draw to Coon. Straight up the middle. He's got the first plus thumb. 30, 25, 20. No one's going to catch him. Carlton Coons takes it into the end zone on fourth and inches, and just like that, Carlton Coons, you blink and you'll miss him. He's into the end zone untouched as he celebrates with his teammates. Coons takes it into the end zone. It's now 22 to 10 Fordham with the extra point upcoming and 11:59 to play in the third quarter. Hello, everybody, and welcome inside the WFUV studios as we bring you another edition of Monday Night Quarterback. I am Alex Smith alongside Mac Rosenberg as we recap Fordham's 38-31 win over the Georgetown Hoyas. We will talk X's and O's with Rams assistant coach Nate Slutsky, who handles the cornerbacks on the team. And then we will go inside the huddle as we talk to a couple of seniors from the Rams as we are joined by... Linebacker Mike Martin and safety Brendan Milanofi. We will then look ahead to the Rams matchup with the Cincinnati Bearcats out of the Big East. But first things first, we bring in head coach Joe Moorhead. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great, guys. Great to be back. All right, coach. Thank you for joining us. And I want to work a little bit backwards here as we recap the win over Georgetown. You know, Fordham leads the game 38-31, to final minutes of the game. And the Hoyas have first and goal from the two-yard line. And then four plays in a row, you keep them out of the end zone. In fact, let's take a listen to that fourth down stop. The fans here at Jack Coffee make some noise. Out of the shotgun, two receiver set. Scon, he's going straight ahead, and he's going to be stopped. He's going to be stopped short of the goal line. Mike Martin in there on the tackle. The Rams make the defensive stop that they need. And with 1.43 to play in the fourth quarter, the Rams have a 38-31 lead, and they get the ball back. Coach, that was obviously a huge spot in that game. Can you talk about your defense's effort on that goal line stand? You know, it essentially, it essentially sealed the game for us. You know, we, uh, you know, we bent, but at the end of the day, we didn't break. Uh, defense stuck their foot in the ground and made the stand we needed. Uh, got the ball, pushed it out of there a little bit, gave our All-American kicker a chance to punt the ball, and he, he booted it 59 yards, and then Brennan got the interception to seal it. So it was, it was a tremendous team effort there at the end, as it was throughout the game, and uh, it was great to see our defense make that stop. Coach, another one down to the wire, and like you say, it was the timeliness on defense for you guys that sealed the game. You talk about the veteran leadership on this defense. You have guys like Mike Martin, Brandon Milanofi, and then the youth that you have, also in a guy like Ian Williams in the secondary. I think the guys are doing a great job defensively. You know, we, uh, you know, you just look at that goal line stop. John Lashore was in there as a guy who doesn't play a lot, except in goal line situations, and he got a good push. Uh, DeAndre Slate, you know, pushed the pile back on that play. Brendan came bending off the backside, and then eventually Mike Martin and uh, Patrick McGee made the stop. So, uh, you know, I'm very proud of this team, and, and in particular the seniors and the captains with the leadership that they've shown, and just really um, giving the younger guys an example of the culture that we want to uh, that we want this team to be based upon. And they're doing a great job passing that message down. And uh, you know, it's like everything; it's a team effort. Now, sticking with that defense, Mike Martin, who we're going to talk to in a little bit. 
He's been tremendous all season long, but on Saturday he was just unreal, recording 18 tackles. He recovered a fumble, and he was named the Patriot League Defensive Player of the Week for his efforts. It seemed like he was all over the field. He had a part in every play. What did you see from him out on the field on Saturday? <laughs> Seeing the things that we've seen from him throughout the season. I mean, uh, you know, there was a reason his teammates have elected him captain. There's a reason that the league selected him a preseason All-League Patriot League player. He's just done a phenomenal job. He's been all over the field. Uh, he's been an emotional leader. He's been a leader by example. He's been a leader through his play. And, uh, you know, he's playing as like a senior captain with great urgency and a guy who wants us to win games is uh, expected to play. So he, he deserves a ton of credit because he's earned it. Now, Coach, we've seen in every home game this new tradition you have. You've brought it over with the axe and the tree stump. Can you just can you talk a little bit about that, how that came to be and what it symbolizes for you? No, we we actually didn't bring – we kind of developed it on our own, and it's something that happened, you know, uh, you know, after the first game of the season because we, we've harped on our guys so much about the preparation and, and how much uh, – how you perform in practice, you know, from Sunday to Friday will dictate what occurs um, during the game, you know, relative to your execution and your effort. So, uh, you know, it's derived from a quote that says, give me five, six hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend the first five sharpening the axe from Abraham Lincoln, and we kind of just – taking it and kind of run with it so it's it's been neat I think it, the kids are excited by it you know I think it gets them fired up before the game and I just think it's something you know something you know that, that gives us a, a new tradition to carry on. Coach I want to ask you about your quarterback because Ryan Higgins was tremendous again throwing for over 300 yards I asked you before the game about his confidence so now with the game out of the way have you seen a more confident quarterback as the season rolls along here? I think I think Ryan's confidence is it's at a sky high level right now you know he you know played played Pretty well, you know, at the, in the early part of the season, kind of took a little bit of a step back in Columbia. And then since that point, he's just – he's been really focused on his preparation. Uh, and he's, and it's shown throughout the week in his practice. And, and it's come to a point where he's a senior, he's a leader, and uh, he, he wants the uh, – he wants the um, the game on his uh, – when it's on the line, he wants, he wants it put on him. And that, that's what great quarterbacks do when there's a pressure situation or a play that needs to be made. The great ones want the ball in their hands, and that's kind of where he's at right now. So I couldn't be more proud of him. You mentioned in the post game that it was important to get a win at home because you guys are now are not back home until early November. What have long road trips taught you about your teams in the past? Um, you got to be prepared to uh, control the things that are within your control. You know, the travel aspect of it, the staying in a hotel, the playing in a, uh, a stadium that's not yours, and in particular this week coming up. Right. Uh, so you just got to be able to control your environment and uh, handle the things that are within your control and you know, be able to pr play well on the road because great teams are able to do that. Now, Coach, something that you've talked to me uh, about many times this season is penalties. And your team had 10 penalties on Saturday, including two in that drive where the Hoyas brought it all the way down to the goal line in the last, last couple minutes. Fortunately, they didn't come back to haunt you in that game. But as a coach, how do you go about you know, trying to have your team not commit as many penalties in the games? Oh. You know, we, we, we talk about it every day, every practice. You know, we talked about it Friday night before the game. We talked about it in the locker room before we took the field. And, you know, it's I, I wish I could come in here and tell you something different. I mean, uh, you know, some of them are, are pre-snap penalties, and in particular on offense are ones yeah. that are putting us behind the chains. And, you know, that's something that we talked about for as well as we're doing offensively with scoring and moving the ball and things like that. I think we could be doing even better without putting ourselves behind the sticks. And some of them are ones that, you know, they're going to happen. I mean, you take a look at the pass interference call and – you know, it was a bang bang play. Yep. So, uh, you know, and I actually, you know, I looked up the statistics online today, and you know, there's teams that are the most penalized teams in the country that are undefeated, and there's teams that are the least penalized teams in the country that, you know, haven't won a game or have won one and two. So, is it an, an indicator of success? 
yeah, there's something to it. Obviously, you wouldn't like to have penalties, but, you know, we just got to continue to to talk about it and work on it and, and get it rectified because it certainly doesn't help the cause. I want to talk about one in particular that uh, we, we talked a lot in the postgame show about, and that's the one on Justin Yanti late in the game. Uh, second straight week that he's been called for a penalty near the end of the game. But this time, Coach... I think we we were all in agreement that you have got to be able to you know have the mindset, especially as a defensive player, to play and go hard until the whistle is blown in that situation. What do you tell a player if you if you did tell anything to Justin after that game in terms of of, of going hard until the whistle? Because it just seemed like a classic case of that on that play. You know, I don't know that there's much else you can tell him except to go hard till the whistle. You know, the kid was wrapped up, and you know, if you look at the tape, the the quarterback was still squirming and trying yeah. to move and get out of there, and so, there was no whistle. Yeah, so I don't. Um, I, I, you don't like the penalties, and you certainly don't like personal fouls or late hits or, or things of that nature. But you know, you'd rather say woe than sick them. So I mean, you, you want your kids to go hard, and, and then you know, if you have to, you know, if it's it's something where it's blatant and it's it's a, a, a personal foul that's of a, you know, just a, you know, blatantly obvious personal foul. That's something else. But to that one, to me, that was right on the fringe of being a penalty and not a penalty. But hey, that was the call, and you know, we got to live with it. Now, Coach, after Carlton Kuntz's 44-yard touchdown scamper, you lead 23-10 to with about five minutes uh, five minutes into the third quarter. But the Hoyas fought back. They would eventually take the lead 24-23. to Now, this isn't the first time that we've seen your team, you know, give up a lead early on this season. Were you a little disappointed that your team did give up the lead and you weren't able to build on it in that third quarter? Um, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd prefer not to have the other team come back. <laughs> but I, I think that's just a sign of this team's resiliency that you know, no matter what the uh, – no matter how the game is going or what the flow is, whether you're you're up big or you're down big, you've got to continue to fight until the last play of the game. And you know, you got to give some credit to Georgetown. They did a good job moving the football, and they have some good players, and you know they're very well coached. And you know that's why football is a you know it's a complimentary game. You got to play well in all three phases. And you know we got up twenty three ten, and you know they fought back, and you know we fought back offensively. And then at the end, it was our defense that got the stand that won the game. So you know all three phases have to contribute. And yeah, obviously you'd like to hold them there and then go up thirty to ten, but you know, that's that's a game of football. Now, through six games, you've gotten a taste of a, a little bit of everything with this team. What has surprised you most uh, about this group of players? Um, that's a tough question. I don't know. I, <laughs> what I mean, has impressed you most? Uh, the, the thing that's impre- impressed me most is just, you know, our ability to, to, to uh, you know, play consistently uh, for four quarters in, in all the games. And, and they, they really haven't been phased by any of the situations, and, and they've fought and scratched and clawed regardless of whether we were up big or down big. And really, you know, outside of the Villanova game, really, we've had an opportunity to, to win the game all the way down until the – Yeah. And, you know, it's a situation where some of them could have gone the other way and some of them did go the other way. So, you know, as long as we keep preparing well throughout the week, give maximum effort, you know, and we execute and we finish, we're going to give ourselves a chance to win. And, uh, you know, that's really all you can ask for. All right, Coach, thanks a lot. Now, don't go too far because we're going to talk about the upcoming game with Cincinnati. But first, let's talk X's and O's with Rams assistant coach Nate Slutsky. How are you, Coach? Doing great. Glad to be here. Thank you. Glad to have you on. Now, first off, I, I want to talk about the Georgetown game because it seems like your guys were in a lot of single coverage in the secondary in that game. And for the most part, they fared pretty well. What did you make of the way your corners played in that Georgetown game? Well, I think we played great at times. Um, you know, wish we had been more consistent and uh, you know really shut them out because I think you know a lot of times we were in good position and if we had just made a play, you know, could have made a big difference. You know, we we certainly made one. Ian made a had an interception at a timely you know part of the game and it helped our team win the game. Uh, and he's done that a few times this year. So 
Uh, you know, just wish we could be more consistent, you know, and, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to man guys up. I mean, we're athletic at corner. You know, we match up well against the wide receivers in our conference, and, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to let let us play nine guys, you know, in the box and stop the run and, and count on those guys to make big plays, and they've done it for the most part this season. Coach, Jordan Chapman he gave up a, a few deep balls the other day. From your vantage point, what did it look like the problem was on those two, those two plays? You know, Jordan got into a good position. Uh, it, it was a... It was a dogfight for the ball, and and you know I always tell those guys that that you can't count on the refs to, to to you know call things you know for a defensive guy because that's just not how they do it you know so you know you got to play physical and you gotta you gotta you gotta stand your ground and and you know their receiver made a great play on the ball I mean you know he got a little pushy but that's how that's how the game of football is played and and you know he torqued his body and, and got himself some separation and and uh, you know. I, you know the way I always see it with those guys is is they should want those balls to be coming their way because you know what they might catch one but you know we're going to catch a lot of them too and and they tried the same thing against Ian and and Ian you know made him pay for it and they didn't go back to it so right you know that's that's how those balls go. Now talking about Ian Williams, he's been tremendous this season. He played very well last season as a sophomore as well, but this year it seems like he's really been making some strides towards becoming a shutdown corner. Can you talk about the the steps that Ian Williams has been taking towards becoming a great cornerback? Well, he's one of the hardest working guys I've ever been around and, and anyone that knows him personally will, will tell you that he's the nicest guy in the world. You know, he's friendly and but you know, he just got a he's got a desire to be great, you know, unlike really almost anyone I've ever been around. So, uh, you know, he, he works at the details, uh, you know, he takes to the coaching really well and, and you know, he comes to the table with a, a really great set of tools, athletic tools. He's he's faster than probably anyone he plays against and he's very good at changing direction and you know, he's very good at staying mentally focused and playing hard. And you play hard and, and you got some tools, then you can make a lot of plays, and, and he'll continue to make plays. Now you're one of only a few people from the previous coaching staff still here at Fordham. Uh, what's been the biggest difference for you in working with a new staff, and what do you think the biggest difference has been for the players? Well, I think, you know, the players, you know, are going to – we're looking for some change. I mean, you know, you, when you have a season like we had last year, you know, you're looking for for reasons why things are going to be different, reasons why things are going to be better, and 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 when you have a new coach come in and and they change things, you know, you, you can you can build on that and you can say that this is going to be a reason why things are going to be different this year. That's why these are going to be reasons why we're going to have some success. And you start off the way we did, winning 55 to nothing, and then you know losing a close one to a team that that you know is very well respected, and then and then going on a roll and winning a couple more, and then all of a sudden. You know, you start believing, and uh, you know we've been lucky; we've stayed pretty healthy this year, and and uh, you know we've got talent to win a lot of games. So, you know, it's it's been it's been just believing and and focusing and and uh, staying healthy. I think most mostly. Now, this is my last question for you, Coach. I want to look ahead to the upcoming matchup with Cincinnati. We know it'll be a hostile environment and a tough place to play. How tough of a task is it going to be for the secondary against a really good Cincy offense? You know, they're they're going to be the best offense that we see this year but but you know what it's it's not about them to me it's about us you know it's about winning one-on-one matchups and and being more mentally focused and playing harder and and, creating turnovers and and anything can happen you know that's that's what it's all about and you know it's as long as you can win your one-on-one matchup you know from the guy that you're lined up across you know it doesn't matter you know it's about who wants it more and and that's what we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to want it more and play harder. Now, Coach, you went to the University of Colorado, and you got a degree in mechanical engineering. Also, you minored in economics. I have a question for you. How did you end up coaching football? Well, I guess uh, while I was also at Colorado, I was also working uh, for the football team okay. there. And, and uh, you know, it was uh, 
it's a situation where you know one thing I learned from engineering school was that it, it, I don't want to be an engineer, and 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 I and I really loved being around football and being around teams, and and um, you know the competitive part of me just want to be a part of something like that. And the more I've been in it, the more I've loved it, and and I I don't think I would have it any other way. Rams assistant coach Nate Slutsky, he handles the cornerbacks for the team. Coach, thank you so much for your time, and good luck this weekend. Thank you, appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Thanks, coach. coach. Now it's time to go inside the huddle as we welcome in safety Brendan Milanofi and linebacker Mike Martin. How are you guys today? Doing well. Doing Thanks for having us. Thank you. Glad to have you guys on. First of all, Mike, congratulations on winning Defensive Player of the Week in the Patriot League. 18 tackles, a fumble recovery against the Hoyas. What do you think, or why do you think you're able to be so productive on the field on Saturday? Well, I don't. I don't want to just take all the credit. You have to. You have to understand about defense. It's eleven guys out there, and uh, right. without all of them doing their job, then it makes my job even more difficult. And uh, a lot of guys after the game were congratulating me, and obviously it was a it's a big honor, you know, to receive that award and uh, to have eighteen tackles, which is my career high, uh, was very very you know it was a good feeling. But I told the other linebackers in the D line, you know, if you guys weren't doing your job, then there's no way I would have had those tackles. The, the ball just kept coming to me, and, you know, you just got to make plays when you have that opportunity. Now, Brandon, you guys are, are both senior leaders on this defense. Through six games under a new head coach, pretty much a new head coaching staff, how dangerous do you think this defense is? I think we're a very good defense. Um, sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot, and I think that, you know, that's the only thing holding us back from being a great defense um, is ourselves. You know, when we play, we do our assignments, we play together, I think we're one of the best. We can be one of the best defenses in this country. I think we are one of the best defenses in this country. Um, but, you know, our talk as a defense is to limit the big plays, limit what we call them the explosions. And uh, if we can do that, we will be one of the best in the country. Now, Brendan, you had the interception at the end of the game uh, against Georgetown, really sealed the win for Fordham. In fact, why don't we listen to the highlight of the Brendan Milanofi interception? Scott, out of the shotgun. Here comes Rodriguez. He gets the pass away over the middle. It's going to be intercepted. Intercepted by Brendan Milanofi at the 40-yard line, and that's going to do it. Now, that was really a desperation throw. It's the end of the game. You can see that pass coming right at you. It's hanging up in the air. Is that a, a more, you know, a, is that a difficult play to intercept a ball like that where you know it's coming right at you and, you know, the game's on the line? Do you tense up at all, or was that, was that just another play? Be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, it, it felt like that ball was in the air for about 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the quarterback got hit as he was throwing it by Jake Rodriguez. Uh, had a pretty big hit on him, so it was coming in. A little bit like a punt there, a uh -huh. little end over end as well. So it got a little bit more difficult. But uh, I just wanted to secure the catch. And uh, our coach Blackwell always tells us, you know, two-minute drill, you catch a ball like that, get to the ground. So I just wanted to secure the catch, get to the ground, and end the game. Now, Mike, it seems like you're near the ball on, on just about every play. I remember there was one play on Saturday. You started in zone coverage on the near side of the field, ended up tackling a running back way over on the far sideline. What, what makes you so versatile and get to the ball all, all, all over the place, really? Well, I don't know. I don't want to take <laughs> too much credit because honestly, you it's just when you play football, you got to run to the ball. That's like the first thing you learn from Pee Wee, you know? You run to the ball, good things happen. And it just so happens when I'm running from one end of the field to the other, should have been tackled probably. Someone may have missed their assignment, but you know, the way the way it works out on each given Saturday, you just never know. Some games you might have six tackles, but those six tackles are big game-changing plays. And other games you might have 18 for like a couple of the tackles were like 20-yard gains, you know, so kind of, right. yeah, I'm happy I made the play, but they got a first down, you know, things like that. But I, just, I, I attribute it to the practice, you know, habits we have 
coach is always talking about getting to the ball and 11 guys to the ball. That's this is how we play, you know. Now, Brendan, I know we've already talked about the defense overall, but I want to narrow it down to the secondary in particular. How would you rate the way that the defensive secondary has played this season? I think we played well. Um, we got a lot of guys back there with experience that are rotating in. Um, our two corners uh, played for us last year, Ian and Jordan Chapman. They both got some playing time. Um, and as you guys talked about before, you know, Ian's having an outstanding year so far. Um, and then at the safeties position, we uh, we have a great rotation going right now between myself, Jacob Dixon, Denard, um, Levon Williams. You know, we got a we we have a lot of versatile players back there. We have a lot of talent that uh, that we can work in. And you know, the younger guys got some experience last year. Uh, you know, with a struggling team, they they got the younger guys in there, and so it's it's helping us this year a lot. Whereas everyone's got the experience, everyone's comfortable, and you know, it makes uh, it makes our jobs a, a little bit easier. I'll ask this question to both you guys. You guys have a three-game road trip coming up. What can you learn about your team on a road trip, especially one that starts with a nationally-ranked opponent? Brandon, we'll start with you. To me, to me personally, especially like a game like this weekend, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, I, I, don't, I personally don't really look at playing on the road as, um, as too much of a challenge. Of course, you, you like to be home in front of your students, in front of your fans. It gives, uh, like I live locally, it gives, you know, a chance for my family to come down and watch me play, but... You know, a situation like going into Cincinnati and playing in that stadium, whereas, you know, going into a 1A, a 1A school in front of thousands and thousands of people, it's a situation that we don't really get to be in a lot. Um, so for me, it's it's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. I think that, you know, that's that's college football. It's what you turn on your TV Saturdays and watch. And you know, I think, to me, really, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Mike? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things as a player that you dream about. You know, big lights, you know, playing a great team, 1A, Cincinnati coming up. But uh, just like Brendan said, being at home, it's just something about being in front of your fans and, and knowing you have a three-game road trip. It's like, okay, guys, we got to buckle up. You got to get back to the fundamentals. You know, you have to play together because I'm pretty sure there's not going to be a lot of fans, you know, cheering for Fordham, uh, you know, at Cincinnati. <laughs> so yeah. it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a game that we're going to have to play through ourselves. And then when we have Holy Cross after the bye week, and then I believe we play – Bucknell, Bucknell but that's down home. the road, and then you're back home for the final right, two. Right, right. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting experience. But, you know, as experienced players like me and Brendan, like, we, we're used to it. And like you said, it's, it's fun to be on the road. Now, Mike, we talked to you after the Week 1 win against Lockhaven. That feels like a long time ago. Now you guys are six games in. You're 4-2. and two. How much do you think your team has improved since the start of this season? Oh, I feel like we had a drastic improvement since Lockhaven until now. You know, we're battle-tested. We've played two very good teams in Lehigh and Villanova. And you, as you know, we, we lost three points, final field goal to Lehigh. And honestly, I feel besides Cincinnati, Lehigh would be the best team we play this year. So, you know, keeping that in mind and looking at the rest of our, you know, Patriot League and conference schedule, you know, that gives us a lot of confidence going in. Like, we played the best team this close. You know, we, we, have no, we shouldn't have any issues going in to any other games for the rest of the season. So I feel like that's... You know, having from, you know, uh, Lockhaven to now is just the experience and the motivation and the confidence. All right, Mike Martin and Brendan Milanofi, thanks for joining us, guys, and best of luck this weekend. Thanks Thank you. Thanks, thanks a lot, guys. guys. And we are joined once again by Fordham head coach Joe Moorhead. Coach, the Cincinnati Bearcats are the next team up for the Rams. Was this the game that you looked at before the season and said, this is going to be our biggest test all year? Oh, certainly. I mean, um, they're they're I believe ranked with twenty one now. Twenty one, yeah. They're they're a, a team in the Big East and the BCS. 
uh, coming off of a 10-win season. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to coach against, you know, Coach Jones when he was at Central Michigan uh, and I was at Akron and, you know, when he was at Cincinnati and, and I was at UConn. And I think the team's a reflection of him. I think he's one of the top coaches in the country. They play with great energy, great enthusiasm. They're well coached. They have good scheme. And, uh, you know, that's why he's done a great job as a head coach everywhere he's been. Now, how much does it help you as a head coach? Because you're a little bit more familiar with them, as you said, coaching in the, in the Big East. Yeah, I, I think it helps. You know, basically they're running the same offensive system or, or a variation of it that they did when he was at Central Michigan. And they had Dan LaFever, who's one of the all-time great quarterbacks in NCAA mm-hmm. history statistically. And then Zach Aleros at uh, Cincinnati and Coach Bajakians, the offensive coordinator, has done a great job for him. And I think he's had some different defensive coordinators. But, uh, yeah, the familiarity with what they've done offensively and defensively, I think it gives you – I don't want to say an advantage, but <laughs> it gives you – it gives you, certainly gives you a familiarity. So, uh, yeah, it's certainly going to be a tough – really tough test. Now, you being an offensive guy, Coach, you probably know about their defense by now. They give up 14 points per game, even less than that at home. What do you – you know, I, I guess a combination of a few things here. What do you remember about this team coaching them – when you were at UConn, or coaching against them, I should say, when you were at UConn. And what kind of things, you know, I'm sure you have old game plans that you, you may be using on offense. What kind of things are you think you'll be looking for offensively from this team? Looking at their defense? Yeah, they're right. Their yeah, defense, they, yeah. They, you know, they play a four down front, and they're able to get into some three, four looks. Uh, you know, the guys, two guys up front that stand out are Walter Stewart, the, the defensive end, and Giordano, and they, they really wreak havoc on the defensive end. Um, Blair, the middle linebacker, does an unbelievable job. And then Fry's kind of the quarterback of the secondary. But... You know, they do a good job. You know, they, they, they pressure the passer with their front four. They're able to bring uh, blitzes from the second level, and, and, and they cover well. So it's, it's really what I said. That they, they play with a mindset. They play with a mentality, great enthusiasm, good scheme, well coached. So, um, you know, there's, the yards have been far and few between, as have the points. So we're going to have to, you know, put together a good scheme to be able to move the ball against these guys and, you know, play our best game of the year. Now, as you said, they are the number 21 team in the country. They're a perfect 4-0 how do you prepare for a team like that? And does your team need any extra motivation, or is facing the number twenty-one team in the country motivation enough? I think the kids will be excited because of the environment. You know, it's an opportunity for, you know, FCS level kids to play against FBS level kids, particularly a BCS team. So Nippert Stadium is a great environment, particularly at night. You know, we played the uh, national game of the week there in two thousand nine in front of a sold out crowd. So it's very loud. Their fans do a great job. So we've got to be able to handle the environment and, the, you know, how loud it's going to be. But uh, you know, in terms of our preparation, we've kind of set a standard with what we're going to do as a team. You know, regardless of who the opponent is, we expect our preparation to be great, our effort to be great, to execute flawlessly and to finish. So uh, if we play well enough, we execute well enough, and we look up at the end and, and we've earned the right to win, we'll win the game. If we don't, then we won't. So it's none of that changes because it's Cincinnati, but there's certainly things that are different in terms of the environment that we're going to have to prepare for. Now, what do you remember? Because I'm sure you played uh, against nationally ranked opponents when you played here at Fordham. What do you remember, uh, you know, especially on the road, playing against a nationally recognized opponent? I remember we played Richmond uh, my senior year here. Uh, and the thing that I remember, it was during a hurricane. <laughs> so <laughs> it kind of neutralized a little bit of their team, team speed. It ended up being a 3-3 tie. But wow. anytime you play, you know, opponent of this caliber that's nationally ranked, it's uh, – you know, there's a reason they're ranked. It's because they're well coached. They have great players, and they and they execute well and play with high energy. So, you, you know, we're going to have to have to go have to match their enthusiasm, match their effort, match their execution, and in fact, you know, go above and beyond. So, uh, it's going to be a tough test. Now, this is my last question for you, Coach. The Bearcats' defense, as we said, you know, they're very, very tough. They haven't allowed more than 24 points in a game. Ryan Higgins has been great lately. Carlton Coons has been great all season long. How do you see your offense stacking up with the Bearcats' defense? Well, it's going to be a huge challenge. I mean, they, uh, 
you know, they do a great job stop. It's like you said, they do a great job stopping the run. Uh, they're ranked up there in pass defense. Um, you know, we're going to have to be able to have to be able to mix it up and do both. You know, I think if you just focus too much on the run, they'll have the ability to stop that. You know, if you just try to pass it, they have good enough pass rushers and coverage guys that they'll be able to get a beat on that. So we're going to have to keep them off balance. Can be able to have to be able to do well both. And uh, you know, we're just going to have to you know be smart, not turn the ball over, convert third downs, and get touchdowns in the red zone. So we're going to have to. It's going to be a game of execution more than anything. Fordham head coach Joe Moorhead, thanks for joining us here on Monday Night Quarterback, and best of luck this weekend against Cincinnati. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks, coach. Coach. Good luck. And that will do it for this week's edition of Monday Night Quarterback. Thanks to head coach Joe Moorhead, cornerbacks coach Nate Slutsky, free safety Brendan Milanofi, and linebacker Mike Martin. Next week on Monday Night Quarterback, we will look back at the Rams matchup with the Cincinnati Bearcats. We'll have our X's and O's segment with one of the coaches, and we will go inside the huddle with some of the players. Until then, for Mac Rosenberg, producer-engineer Julian Atienza, I am Alex Smith. Enjoy your week, everybody. Monday Night Quarterback is a production of WFUV Sports.